Welcome to episode 74 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular solid dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. And I'm your host, Michael Lonnon. Recent political and geopolitical turmoil won't have escaped your attention. There's been so much noise of it in the media. So how much of it will directly impact you and your supply chains? The answer is a lot. I grabbed HSO's Managing Director for Manufacturing, Chandra Shankar, for a chat about how uncertainty is impacting global supply chains and their ability to weather the disruption. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. How do you have your coffee? Depends on the time of the day. When I start in the morning, it's black because I'm doing this 16 hour diet thing. So I I drink, uh, so I eat nothing after dinner till lunch. It's just black oh. coffee in the morning. How, you, how do you get through the day? I have no idea. <laughs> um, you got to do these things. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, this, this is an interesting next question then. Jelly or ice cream? Oh, man. So ice cream was the nearest and dearest thing I, for me forever. But then I got lactose intolerance. So oh, no. I, st- I, still, I still love my ice cream, but I can't have it with, ice, with milk. It has to be other forms of milk. Like, so oh, no, that's torture. Yeah, oh, there's torture. All right. Um, heating on or heating off? What time of the year? Winter better be on. <laughs> summer <laughs> better be off. <laughs> Mine's off. I still, I still win in the battle. My heating's still off. The wife wants it on. I want it off. But we'll, yeah, we'll see who wins yeah. that. I can't, I can't hold out for much longer. In, in, in my house, it's, it's always nearly freezing because my wife likes it cold. So it's, it's always... <sighs> You're one, of the, you're one of the fortunate few. Yeah. Cut back or invest? Yeah, good question. Uh, I would say at this point, it, it would be more, I would like to see organizations invest, obviously, because uh, it's tough periods. Yeah. They, they're probably cutting back, but this is also the time to get some of those projects done by investing. So, yeah, it's, it's hard. Do you think from a, a manufacturer's point of view, from a supply chain management point of view, that given the state of flux that we're, that, you know, that the economy and the world is in at the moment, that it is important to continue to invest? Do you think that's that's the right thing to do for most of those organizations? Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it is because it's it's a hard question. So when you think about the state of the economy, you, you, could, you could make the case for now is not the time to invest. And now is the time to be more cautious, and and that probably is true. But at the same time, you you could also look at it as you know whilst the business is still at a kind of normalizing, if you will, uh, yeah, you you might actually take the time to invest in projects that are important that you might not have the resources to get done while the business is flourishing. So yeah. now might be the time to invest in those kind of projects. Makes sense. And in terms of, again, going back to the the whole, the, the world is in a current state of flux at the moment, supply chains are really quite difficult to manage. What are the three main challenges then for manufacturers managing their supply chains at the moment, do you think? What do you see? So certainly when you when you look at the reports like Gartner's uh, supply chain executive reports, uh, you see the, the forecasters reports, you see the, the IDCs and uh, McKinsey reports. I think the biggest ch- uh, problems right now are related to visibility uh, of okay. supply. 70% of the supply chain leaders have been responding to disruptions since 2019. 
which is no surprise when you think of the first the pandemic and then yep. now the war. So that's been the main focus for these leaders. And, and part of that is the visibility. Many of these leaders have visibility to the next year. So like, like the first year of suppliers, but then it kind of stops pretty much. Right. They, they don't have visibility in the, the tier two, tier three, et cetera. And that makes a big difference because it, it's a ripple effect. And every time there's a, there's a problem at the demand, it ripples down to the supply but it goes all the way down to multiple tiers and it keeps the, the, the bullwhip effect. It keeps getting worse as you get further out. So having that ability to have get that visibility across the supply chain all the way down to the uh, second and third tiers and even beyond it necessary is really key for these leaders, supply chain leaders. Does it help with control? If, you can, if you've got better visibility of the, the different tierings, does it help you as a manufacturer with, with controlling how it's operating? To an extent, obviously, it will, if, uh, it will, but the other aspect also it gives these manufacturers uh, ability to change courses. Okay. If they know there's problems that's going to happen and that's going to cause issues for supplier X and supplier Y, then maybe they can look at supplier A and supplier B. That's also a, another trend that we're seeing where we're seeing these leaders going into dual sourcing. So they're looking at not just implementing what they already had with a, a certain set of suppliers, but they're looking at how can we have multiple supply chain networks and, yeah. and how can we, gen, if there's a problem here, we can go into that, that area. But they're also not just doing the dual sourcing, they're also starting to develop regionalized supply networks. So obviously in the years past, there was a huge reliance on China and there's, there's geopolitical issues now. And a lot of, lot of uh, manufacturers are pulling some of those suppliers more closer to home. So yep. now you're starting to see leaders position multiple suppliers. So you have a strategy A and a strategy B if, if things go wrong and maybe even additional strategies. Okay. How are manufacturers trying to overcome the difficulties within um, gaining visibility or, or finding the, a way to create that dual sourcing environment and those multiple networks? How are manufacturers approaching that? Yeah, I think the number one uh, thing that they're trying to do is in, increase the visibility, like like we talked about, and, and that's investing in technology. And okay. Also, a big investment in AI, because now they're getting just terabytes and terabytes of data. Uh, I don't even know what the uh, adjective is now. I think it's, it's first of all, petabytes and oh, terabytes. You know, and terabytes. Yeah, so. Exactly. It's like just multiple billion tons of data. And, and there's, there's only so much a human brain can crunch through, through uh, this. And, uh, and that's where AI comes in because AI is able to comb through all of these millions of data bytes and, and look at it and see, find patterns in there and then surface up to the, to the analyst and say, okay, here's something I'm seeing. Maybe, maybe that's, that's an area of concern. Maybe that's an area that's we're continuing to do really good and we should duplicate that in other areas. So AI is becoming a huge element uh, simply because it can surface up not only patterns, but also surface up potential actions that the analysts can take and then surface okay. up to the leaders. Okay. So the, those, are, those are big areas. We're also starting to see uh, more reliance on systems for matching demand and supply simply because over the last couple of years, there's been a huge increase in inventory buildup simply because they have, the leaders have had to 
build up buffers. And you know, when you have so many disruptions in a supply chain, you have to build up buffers. But if you build up buffers, that increase your cost, your carrying costs, et cetera. And so, so now companies are looking at, okay, how can systems help us better connect demand to supply? And we're seeing newer theories like demand-driven MRP, things like that, where that connect up and create. So this, this particular theory is, is interesting. It's something that HSO does really good. We've been working in this technology for a while, this theory for a while, but it's it's really about not just static buffers, but how do you put these dynamic buffers in different points of the supply chain and let that system uh, readjust itself as you keep replanning due okay. to disruption. So it's, it's really interesting to see some of it. The move to AI-driven modeling and managing demand and supply in this way that you talked about there. I've heard the phrase smart factories being mentioned quite often. Yep. Is is that in relation or creating that smart factory? Is that in relation to using these technologies to create that kind of AI-driven modeling? Absolutely. So I think the key, one of the key areas you talk about smart factory, but uh, companies also they use other terms such as factory of the future. It's okay. really a complex system of self-regulating machines, right? So you, you're able to take all the data and allow the system to adjust itself. So when you when it sees disruptions, and again, that's where AI comes in. So you, yep. you get, first off, you have to connect the data points from across all of the world. So uh, across your supply chain, across your own production, but across also other data points coming from your different suppliers. When yep. you have all of the data, then being able to, use the data and use AI to regulate and manage these machines and manage the output in a way that it it reduces the disruptions in the supply chain. And at the end of the day, manage the, the output and match it, match it up to demand signals. And that's, and we're seeing that as another major area, whether you call it smart factory, people still use the term industry 4.0, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're trying to create an environment that is that A, links all the data together and B, it, it's able to self-regulate itself. No, not so much smart factories, it's just smart practices, I suppose. And from your point of view and from your experience, what advice would you give to uh, manufacturers looking at ways to improve supply chain connectability, predictability, efficiency? Where might they start to improve things? I mean, I'm a big believer in cloud technologies. There are still manufacturers who feel that they need to protect the data. It needs to be uh, within the four walls, et cetera. But even for them, when you think about their salespeople or, or their their technicians, their servicemen, uh, service people, when they're out there uh, going to the customers, they need access to the data. And how are they going to access it? They're going to access it through the internet. So they are still exposing certain elements of the data. So I think people need to get over the fear and really transform their business into the cloud. It just offers so much flexibility. Uh, for one, it's, it's not your business. Your business is, is manufacturing. Your business is making the parts in this and provide the services that you are so good at for your customers. Let, let the technology providers manage your technology. You know, let them, let them keep the solutions up and, up and uh, running and, and keep it up to date with, uh, as the solutions evolve. So I think cloud transformation is huge. It's it's one of the it should be the number one priority if the, if your customer if your solution is not already in the cloud. If they are in the cloud, then start to look at AI. That's okay. 
obviously such a huge area simply because as we talked about earlier, just uh, petabytes of data coming out and how do you manage that data uh, and, and find uh, patterns quickly uh, with, with the data. Chandru suggests that the best way for manufacturers to improve their understanding and management of supply chains is the move to cloud technology. He believes not all manufacturers have identified the value of doing so and argues that moving more systems into the cloud makes it easier to connect data between them, improving insight and making it easier to adjust to meet the situations of that time. It also makes it easier to embed more innovative technologies like artificial intelligence to further improve and enhance productivity and efficiency. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves.